Hello and welcome to the Charmed Life Podcast. This podcast is all about magic, metaphysics, mysticism, and the unconditional love of the universe. And it is also about healing, self-compassion, and getting to the place where you are living abundantly, fully attached and connected to a beautiful community and partner and life mission. And I am your host here. My name is Trisha Carr. And in this episode, I welcome on my guest, Janelle Annette. Janelle works with her clients and students in shadow work, conscious relationships, healing unhealthy relationship patterns, and family systems work, and so much more. Janelle shares her very vulnerable story about her rough road to a spiritual healed life and to be able to help others with that as well. And we talk about different ways that she, different tools that she utilizes with her clients, but ways that we can uh, use them for ourselves. And so, you know, it's a, it's a really beautiful conversation that I am leading you into. And before I get you into that, please allow me to invite you to leave us a review here, however it is that you get your podcast. If you just scroll down and give us some stars and uh, leave some words of review if you like. This really is so very helpful. I'm so grateful for those reviews. They boost the light quotient, and it just means so much to me. It's also a way for us to make a connection in the quantum field in a more tangible way. And I also want to invite you to check out my YouTube channel because I do post some things like some clips from these podcast interview conversations, but also other um teachings that I'm doing. So I, I post different things from the podcast to the YouTube channel and my Instagram. So you can find the YouTube channel. Of course, you can find any of this stuff by checking the links below in the description. And uh, But you can also just search my name, youtube.com slash Trisha Carr. And then on Instagram, it is Instagram um, dot com. Well, if you, you know, it's it, the handle is at Trisha Carr Charm. <laughs> Let me just say that. No one, no one does Instagram on their desktop computer, <laughs> but it's there. It's there in the description if you want to find it there. But I also want to make an invitation to you if you have, uh, whether you have or have not heard me talk about modern mystic life. This is my subscription platform. It is a, it's a way that you can um, work with me more regularly, more closely, and it is very, very affordable. It's only $11, $11 a month, $11 and $0.11 cents per month, and we have a beautiful community. We actually meet once per month. It's a super, like I say, it's screaming deal, and um, it, it, in addition to that, I am sending you uh, exclusive and uh, high-quality multimedia content. Um, I send it through the text messenger, so it's a very easy way to be able to access uh, a regular content contact with some deeply spiritual material. Now, it's it really is like having a spiritual mentor in your pocket, is what I say. And then we, in the meetings we do with these workshops, they can be Sometimes they're very deeply healing. I'm channeling. Sometimes we're talking about very esoteric subjects. It's a bit experimental and explorative. So if you would like to connect more regularly and uh, more deeply with me, it's like a deeper layer beyond this podcast. It is also a way to support this podcast, even if you don't really feel like going to the meetings live. All the replays are available. 
And so I just want to make an invitation to that. It is my subscription platform. You know how some people, some artists and podcasters do Patreon? Well, I prefer this to Patreon because it's much easier. There's no separate login. And um, so check out the description. You can find it. You can also find it on my website. So there you go. That's what I want to talk to you about. But I really want to get you into this conversation with the beautiful Janelle Annette. So let's get into that. And I will chat with you on the other side. Janelle, I'm so excited to dig into your energy. I can already feel it. You're just vibrating so highly, so beautifully. And I'm super excited to, for me to get to know you, but of course, for all of the listeners, all the podcast listeners to get to know you. So will you please let everyone know about your beautiful journey and the work that you're doing because it is very powerful. Mm, thank you. And thank you so much for having me here and yeah, just um, helping me plug into this community. It's really, really an honor. So thank you. Um, yeah, where to start? I mean, I have quite a quite a fun journey I like to share with people. Um, basically, about seven, seven, eight years ago, things in my life were pretty hectic to say the least. Lots of, um, you know, I'll spare everyone the, the rough details, but I was in a position where I was just living out very, very unhealthy patterns and relationships, um, dealing with, you know, substance abuse issues. And um, like, I looked like a totally different person. I didn't even look like me. People don't even recognize me from the past when they see me. I I just felt very cynical and yeah, there was just a lot of things going on. I was really hurting. I was really hurting and I was really lost and I didn't know who I was. And I felt really disconnected from myself, from my spiritual nature. And um, I was on a on a pretty rough path and I didn't really see much hope for myself. Um, but I had been and traveled to this one city that I felt really, really connected to in Vancouver And there was this intuitive pull that kept showing up for me. And I kept thinking to myself that the only thing is I kind of had a plan or an idea in my mind that I would want to live there one day. And all of a sudden, this thing came over me where I was like, I think I need to go. I think I need to go there. And I kept saying to myself, the only thing that feels scarier than going there and restarting my entire life um, is staying here and doing the same thing that I've been doing. Yeah. So... I went and I had almost no money. I had almost no plan. I didn't know anybody. And I really just restarted my life. And over a f- the course of, I mean, quite a many years, but um, the first initial formative years, I was doing a lot of really deep healing work. I luckily met the right kinds of people and got um, connected to the right communities. So I started uh I joined a women's circle. I was working with plant medicines and doing a lot of healing ceremonies. I started working with, um, yeah, just with some really profound mentors and teachers. And I like to say we got really deep right away. Like some people get kind of into the spiritual world through more like, you know, like law of attraction and these things. And it's more of the, the light and the 
the exciting things and I just got put right into like shadow work and like family <laughs> systems and like <laughs> processing your trauma and it was pretty intense but it was what I needed at the time so yeah essentially coming from a really difficult difficult place within myself really struggling a lot of dysfunction and then starting to work towards this healthier life just inspired me to see how powerful that work that I was learning about was which is why I've now dedicated um, my life to doing it and continue to today and just really really believe in the power of it and you know it's been collecting a lot of different tools and 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 uh, practices from different mentors and teachers as I go and just bringing everything together and yeah and here I am now working with women again still focuses on shadow work family systems work relationship patterns the big one um and a bunch of other little things too somatic work and and uh yeah wow yeah it isn't it something that it makes the story so beautiful when we actually alchemize the difficulty the pain the shadow and it becomes the gold it becomes you know the that the that resource for the hero's journey really i guess and to hold that space for others yeah. What kind of tools do you use? I'm curious if you want to speak specifically. So you do it's one-on-one -on -one work, and then what are the what are the different tools that you actually mm -hmm. uh, utilize? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love how you say that because the program name is actually Alchemy that I made. Oh. Um, so yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, it's it's group and one-to-one, -one, and I I share that because there's different different tools you use based on the different container. Um, but we're working with a lot of, well, there's a bunch of different things. One is called free association. And that's a technique where there's, you're using the beginning of a sentence and this repetition basically. So I'll have clients fill out the end of a certain sentence. I'm going to give them with the first thing that comes to mind. And we work in repetition because when you don't have that time to filtrate and to, you know, be really, poised in a certain way or to control how you're showing up, we start to get a little bit deeper into like what's actually going on there. And certain things clients will say, and it'll ooh, hit an emotional button. So we know, yeah. okay, we've connected to something really real there and we'll stop in those moments. We go in, we do also a lot of somatic work. So um, using awareness to map the body and work with different sensations and understand how different emotions show up in the body, how dysregulation shows up in the body. Um, so my approach, and, and those are just a couple things, there's quite a lot, but just to kind of give an example of working with both mind and body, because I think a lot of people want to make changes in their life and they consciously keep saying, well, you know, I don't want to keep doing this or dating this kind of person or that, but they keep engaging anyway and they're not sure why. And that's because if all of the unconscious is not on board, you're not going to be able to make those changes. And that also includes the body and the nervous system. So it's, it's yeah. learning how to create the capacity for space to expand into bigger and better things here and then deeper in the mind. Yes, that's so true. Uh, I, that's something that uh, <laughs> I've personally been working on. Well, I did personally, I mean, I still am, so it's, it's ongoing, but I really mm -hmm. confronted and worked with last year and um, working with a lot of clients about that. What, you know, the the two major areas that I attract, you know, that, that people come to me and work with me as a guide for, so far as body uh, syndromes are concerned, is um, body composition, you know, having mm -hmm. 
um, weight that is unwanted and having inflammation and autoimmune or chronic pain of some kind. Those are unexplained chronic pain. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> medicine can't explain it, but <laughs> come yeah. into this chamber and we'll figure <laughs> it's being explained. We'll find it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Your yeah, emotional body will, will know. Yeah. yeah. Right. Because, and the physical body is, you know, it's a crystallization of those more subtle bodies. And we, mm -hmm. yeah, we want to be working in all of those inputs. I love the somatic work mm -hmm. you're talking about. Where did you, what is your, how, it, how did you either, whether it's training or develop or, you know, or, and you, you work with other people. What are some of those details about the tools that you utilize? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, done lots of different trainings. I did start working with my own personal somatic work practices I don't know, maybe like five or six years ago. Um, but in the more recent years, I did a training um, all about going in and, and working with with different tools through something called the Embody Lab. So I did a, a big a big training with them. Um, but I'd say the the most basic and one I use on a reoccurring level is working with, like I said, awareness just to scan through different regions of the body and trying to pick up on those more subtle sensations. Because, you know, we can all identify when we're in a really heightened moment of, you know, let's say anxiety. Most of us can think about how that might viscerally feel in our body. Or, you know, the, the classics like lump in the throat when you're when there's tears arising and things like that. Um, but working with awareness and scanning through almost like a, a yoga nidra, if other people are familiar with that, and by focusing on how different energies and emotions show up in the body, we can then say, okay, today, you know, maybe I'm 90% pretty good, but then I also noticed on these subtler, like 10% levels, a little bit of activation here and here, and then getting curious, okay, well, what might that be? And then the important thing is then from that space, what do I need today? Mm -hmm. So a lot of this work is also about reparenting yourself and really learning how to tend to yourself in a, in a wholehearted way. And that requires paying attention to the body and listening to those subtle cues which then can set you up for a really great day or week or month because you're actually listening down here and ensuring that the needs that you can connect to based on this are getting met before your body is screaming at you or before you're having a huge emotional um, reaction, right? So really learning more about responding to life and your body versus the way we normally chaotically kind of react to things. Yeah. Yeah. You, you hit on it with the reparenting and Wow, life, uh, modern, um, homogenized society doesn't allow for that. Or the way that it, it doesn't really allow for loving reparent, loving parenting of oneself. It does mm -hmm. allow for um, an awful, mean, aggressive coach. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like a terrible ath athletic coach who's saying you're, mm -hmm. or a drill sergeant even, you know, it does, it does kind of encourage us to do that, to negatively talk and shame and threaten, ooh, threatening yeah. yourself. So we yeah. have to learn all of that, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. I love how you say that too. I was talking to a client the other day and she was talking about the the concept of punishing too, right? Mm -hmm. Like, okay, well, and something I'm noticing is that when this and this happens, I tend to punish myself, right? Mm -hmm. By, by restricting. And it's so true. I think where we've, yeah, we've been taught that 
in order to become better at something, we have to shame ourselves into that yeah. and make ourselves feel bad and wrong for how we behaved and then hoping that will give us the motivation. And sometimes it does and people will re- respond really strongly to that. But what you're doing is just perpetuating that narrative of shame and I'm not enough. And mm-hmm. no matter what you're doing and how much you do or how much you achieve, you're just never actually going to feel fulfilled by it because it's been inspired or motivated by this energy of like shame and not enoughness versus like, Hey, taking care of myself, like doing all these things, I'm going to do it because they actually feel good. And they help me give me energy. Even if it is something that takes a bit more discipline, you know, like moving your body or saving money or doing all these things that are actually proactive in your life, but being like, I'm not going to do that because I should quote unquote Mm -hmm. should from shame. I'm going to do that because this helps me in this way and this is going to meet a need of mine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the idea that, well, here's the other thing too, like will isn't enough, just like force of will. It's kind of like negative reinforcement. It may work, you know, briefly. I mean, you may get an immediate response from yourself or from someone else. You know what I mean? Like if people who are, who manage uh, employees and they it threatening and punishing and and frightening them, you know, but it's not sustainable and it's not a sustainable mm-hmm. growth for whether we're doing it to ourselves or to someone else. And it's, um, yeah, besides perpetuating the, the shame um, paradigm, which is just not going to help you achieve, not going, you know, we can try to force will, but again, it's, it, it will be a short lived, experience. That's why we can work out one time or eat well one day and then it doesn't happen. We have to work on that subconscious, unconscious, subtle body level to get Mm -hmm. it on board. Like you said, to get the whole subconscious mind on board because it's built to keep us safe. And it, the, the associations of what is safe, you know, they've gone, they've gone left. (laughs) If they're actually making us unsafe and the fact they're making us physically unwell, emotionally unwell, financially unwell. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. how did you, you know, I'm thinking of people who are like, okay, great, but I'm, I'm where Janelle was, you know, to some degree where Janelle was before she moved to the place that was difficult to do. Um, what are some small things that you would say, or what are some of the practices you do to be that self-parent and to love yourself and to be in the better feeling place because you deserve it? And what can someone do to connect with that parenting of oneself Mm -hmm. Mm. today? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, sending lots of love to anyone listening who is in a hard place and is struggling. And, you know, I think just even being here and listening to this is a sign that you can, you can change and you can create change in your life. And I think that's I mean, the very first thing is having that connection to that change is possible because without that, what, you know, all the efforts you make, it might be pushed down really quickly or it's never going to work and that you're going to retract. So I guess I'd encourage everyone just first and foremost to be really connected to something that is um, a better possibility for them, even if you can only believe it 2%, you know, um, And hopefully just listening to different stories of people who have made a lot of changes in their life can inspire that. And then I'd say the step one in the like healing arc or framework that I work within would be 
first and foremost, is just awareness. Mm -hmm. So one thing that's really important, I mean, I talked about the discovering what's going on in your body to help you connect to what are the needs that you have for that day and just making those strides. And that might feel a little bit small, but it's not. Those are massive steps. Every time you do that, that's amazing. So leaning into things like that. And then, and then awareness just in all of the patterns that are repeating, right? We all kind of, we all have really deep ingrained relationship patterns, which tends to, the reason I focus on relationship pattern in my work is because I like to say it's a magnifying glass for all of the unresolved stuff going on in our psyche. Mm -hmm. So if you're in a relationship, you can do that work, but you can also, if you're single and looking back and that's because the relationships that we have are, are recreating certain unhealed dynamics from our early from our family system and again revealing to us some stuff about our mind so that might feel like a really big task and while it may be on one hand just even getting curious and starting to explore what are the things that are reoccurring in my life that I don't want to continue entertaining anymore whether that's personal or relationship or or whatever and then exploring underneath why those things might be happening and getting a little bit curious you know does this remind you of a certain dynamic that you played out with somebody from your past where maybe there's a lot of unresolved pain with, or, you know, if you're kind of self-sabotaging yourself from getting something that you really want or doing something that you really want, what, what, what's a fear that could lie underneath that? Or what's a belief maybe that you're holding about yourself or life or, you know, whatever that could be preventing you from actually stepping into that. So we, we begin to dig and get a little bit deeper and go underneath the layers to understand the core wounds and fears and belief systems that are driving our behavior. Um, and then bringing in the, the emotional awareness too, I would encourage people to check in with what their emotional range is. So are you really connected to certain emotions and then really disconnected from one emotion or two emotions, right? Maybe anger or sadness typically tend to be the ones people reject more because of our society. And when we can understand that too, we also can understand our behavior because everything that drives behavior is emotional, mental, um, and, and of the, of the nervous system as well. Right. So we basically, it's just trying to understand your system, like what's going on at the deeper layers there, just getting really curious, um, and trying to understand what needs you're trying to have met through your behaviors, even if, they're quote unquote unhealthy or you want to change them. Because if you have that piece, then you can say, okay, instead of getting this need met in this unhealthy way, I'm actually going to make sure I'm taking care of that and meeting this need for myself in a healthy way. And then ideally over time, I'm no longer driven to do those quote unquote unhealthy things or engage in those unhealthy relationships because I'm meeting the core need underneath that. And we will be right back. Hi friend, it's Trisha Carr with an invitation for you if you are ready to accelerate your ascension and connect to the swift flow of your life mission. Mind Body Ascension Acceleration Coaching. All of my clinical training, my experience from teaching and providing countless sessions and classes, one-on-one, -on -one, group coaching, healing, reading, teaching, channeling, as well as my calibration as a human design reflector, I'm offering all of this to you to step up your entire life, to accelerate your ascension walk. 
If you've had a single session with me, if you've had coaching, or if you've experienced transformation from any of my offerings, my classes, podcasts, videos, well, this is an accelerated and exponentially charged. This is what my soul has prepared for an eternity and up to now. And if you hear this call, then this is also co-created with your soul. Your life is meant to be joy first and a service as a close and integrated second. Let me tell you some of the results that you can expect from going through a mind-body ascension accelerator. Confidence and clarity that you are living your spiritual mission. Mastery over the mind, utilizing it as a tool to create your life and also an upgraded nervous system improved physical well-being, body composition improvement, reduction of inflammation and or chronic issues, improved relationships, an understanding of who you are in partnership and of powerful tools to design fantastic partnerships, healing of past pain and trauma and skills to continue to self-heal, excitement about and empowerment in your personal spiritual practice, and a map to continue to walk your ascension path and to overflow to serve others. This coaching is especially tuned for high achievers who want to accelerate their progress on their life mission and create mind-body well-being and higher attunement. Submit to work with me in this powerful container, this premium coaching. If you feel the call, you can do it. I guide, you take action. I hold the resonant projection field, channel your steps, and you take action. The first action step is to fill out an application, the link to which you will find in the description. Be prepared, be ready to upgrade your mind, body ascension, and your connection and flow with your spiritual mission. And now back to the show. Yeah. You know, I feel like one of the top inhibitions to moving forward, uh, helping yourself and having compassion for yourself, whether that is working with someone who can guide and facilitate, or even just with oneself, like it could be a barrier to meditation um, or other types of self-introspection. Mm-hmm. I feel like the, the biggest inhibition or one of the biggest inhibitions is shame, this this mm-hmm. idea. And so we're avoiding, we're, we're kind of trying to distract ourselves from the shame that that's just there you know one thing i i try to help people that are in that place of feeling uh, paralyzed almost to to be able to even move toward their healing is that to and to let them know that you know it's not like you're going to amplify shame or whatever the pain is that's there <laughs> that's not you're not going to make it worse by moving lovingly toward it you are going mm-hmm. to as soon as you as soon as you start to look at it with compassion and love and the intention to heal, that's self-worth and it's already dissipating. It's already lightening and airing out. So you will take a percentage off of that shame quotient the second you move toward it. So mm-hmm. how do we, that's my, that's one thing I felt like sharing, but what do you, mm-hmm. what, what would you say? How do we work through? Cause I imagine with your story, you had to move through some walls of shame, you know, just cause I have, I, resonate with it. I have similar experiences and I know that was the thing. It was the shame and it was terrifying. Mm -hmm. Shame is terrifying, right? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for bringing up this conversation. I think that's really, 
really on point. And yeah, I, you know, um, Brené Brown, who researches shame, talks a lot about that. And one of her main, I'm not going to quote her correctly, but one of her main things is Paraphrasing saying- Paraphrasing is good. <laughs> yeah. Um, shame shame survives in secrecy, secrecy. And it actually, it can't survive when we're actually bringing it out in the open and we're examining it and we're bringing it forward. So something that I'm such a big advocate now in my work of doing live work with people is that the whole point of shifting shame is going to be doing that in relationship with other people. And I really think it's actually more about talk. It's sharing the parts of yourself that you normally wouldn't share with other people. It's saying the thing that you want to hold help. <clears throat> you want to hold back. It's um, sharing about that moment in your past that you feel is really dark or bad or wrong or whatever with the right people. Because when we do that, you know, if we're in a healing space and I can definitely share some of the moments that I've had in my journey, but if we do that in, in a, in a healing space with the right people, we share all these dark parts of ourselves, quote unquote, dark that we think make us, um, unlovable or unworthy or, you know, and then we share and then people actually go, wow, okay, I see you. I get, I get why you're having this experience now. I feel like I know you deeper. And so, instead of feeling isolated and cut off, like we think that we are, which is actually what is happening when we're holding back shame and we're, re we're retracting, we're actually extending forward and connecting with other people and then being met ideally in love, right? So this is a big thing. I talk about the integrative practices on session is about bringing those parts of you forward that you normally wouldn't let anybody see and then being met with love and then being held in the right way so that you're actually having a healing experience and rewiring parts of your mind that say, no, I can't talk about these things. I will be, you know, rejected or isolated or, you know, abandoned and whatever it might be. Um, and I, I've personally had many, many of those, but I remember once uh, before I had really, really opened up to the women's circle that I was a part of about my past, I was like, I'm not going to talk about that. It's bad. It's dirty. I, there was so much shame because it wasn't enlightened. It wasn't healed. It wasn't whatever. And the minute those walls broke down and I remember I just was like sobbing in front of, I don't know, maybe 20 women at the time and they had known me for a while and they were like, wow, okay, I get this. I see you in that way. You're not alone. Right. That was a big thing. Like, Hey, I've, I've done that. I've been there. And everyone actually just came and put a hand on me and like mm -hmm. held me as I cried and just was in the most like deep, vulnerable state ever and saying things that I didn't, I couldn't even like revealing truths and hidden self-rejection that I was holding for years. And that was one of the most powerful moments for me because yeah, I learned that instead of hiding and holding back and retracting and how much that was actually impacting my life and I didn't realize that I can share and I can be me and I can be met with love. And now when I talk about my past, I just laugh. It's like so far behind me. It yeah. is it feels like, you know, it's just it's just a hilarious thing that I really don't mind talking about because I'm not sitting in shame anymore and I I have love for that part of my life and that version of me. That's what's amazing is you know, when we are in the shame or the pain, when we resonate, even, you know, and in the victimhood, true victimhood, not like, oh, I've, I, mm -hmm. you know, I've made myself a victim. I have mm -hmm. um, um, physical, mental, emotional, and sexual abuse as a child. It's like, yeah, a child who experiences that is, that's victim, you know, it's being a victim. Yeah. But, you know, mm -hmm. I don't want to be a 45, 48 year old person who is 
a victim of child abuse. <laughs> I want to be free of it. Um, but when we're resonating with that oh, pain, it feels like it's impossible. Actually, yeah. this came up in, I'm a hypnotherapist and um, the mm -hmm. graduates of my hypnotherapy college, we have a Facebook group. And so it's like, I have a client with this and, you know, what do you guys think? And it's that kind of um, professional sharing space with absolute anonymity for the clients we're serving. But one person, uh, a hypnotherapist said that they, they had a request from a client who wanted to have hypnosis to forget his past relationship, his memories. It's like that <laughs> it reminded me of the movie Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, <laughs> you know, where he actually did, you know, it's like a sci-fi kind of thing where they removed part of his, his memory of his relationship. Yeah. Uh, I just felt for this client so much. And because I remember thinking that I had that experience with my, with the person who, um, you know, was the uh, abuse you know, abuser of, of in my childhood. And I remember I was, I was arguing with the universe. Like, <laughs> when am I supposed to get a lobotomy? Like, how can I, how can I move past this? If I, that I think about that person or those events and I feel the immediate pain, like how you don't realize that the memories can be there and yet you don't have to have any resonance to the pain of those memories. It's like a story or a movie or like you're saying, you know, how how much challenge, struggle and difficulty and what you would consider, you said it's dirty, but now mm -hmm. it's just like a story that you get to resource to, but you get all the good stuff from it still. Like, you know, the yeah. you get the benefit of it. And I just guess I'm, yeah. I'm highlighting that because that's amazing that you've gotten to that place in your work. And I want others to know that too. Anything that if you're feeling, whether, and even if you're in it right now, if you're in a relationship with someone who's abusive or in a, just in a relationship you don't want to be in, you can move past this story in, yeah. in a way that you feel, you know, only the, the lightness of it at some point. Yeah. And yeah, so your absolutely. clients, I'm sure experience that. And that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And I think that's a really important message for people too. And that's what I always want to drive home is just like, holding on to that hope and, you know, never saying that it's easy or it's an overnight journey. And I think if anyone's ever trying to tell you that they're, they're full of it, but <laughs> yeah, just, just really holding on to that and connecting to the right people and having the right um, environment is everything. And I understand that can be difficult if somebody's in a really difficult position and doesn't know how they're going to get um, those changes, but a lot of stuff can be done and can start from just within here and then lots of different options for support um, in, in branching out and being ready to, to step into something bigger and better. But yeah, just so much compassion for, for that time. And I think that was the shift too, is that when I was still out of it, but it was more close and I hadn't actively processed it, those feelings felt so visceral in my body. And I did really have that narrative of like, don't talk about that, the wrong. I was so identified with that. Um, and it wasn't until I shared that I recognized the, the framing that I was putting myself in was a really bad one. I really was holding a lot of, a lot of, uh, yeah, inner critic narratives around all of that. So I just hope everyone can have the right communities and support to be, feel safe in sharing those things and know they're going to be met with love because at the end of the day, there's that quote, you know, we were wounded in relationship and we heal in relationship too. Right. Mm -hmm. So 
how does one uh, <laughs> find the right people in the right communities? Let's talk about that because I yeah. know I've, like you with my rough past, my, my rough road, I was even, you know, I can remember times in my life where I'm like, I got a bad picker. I got to just lay off having anyone in my life because <laughs> I'm not <Yeah>. good at it. <laughs> yeah. I, I moved through it somehow. Miraculously, I met my husband when I was barely healing. So and he's been like, it's it's been 18 years now. And it's like, wow, that one really worked. That one really, really worked. And I'm so grateful for it. Not, not that there's many yeah. others, but you know what I mean? Like <laughs> kind of shocked. Yeah. So yeah. how does one find those communities and vet them? And, and maybe sometimes it is trial and error. And it's okay if we, if we do hold space for ourselves, love ourselves, when the red flag is there, then we can depart, you know, but what do you think? Can you, can you expand on finding the right people to be in community and relationship with? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> I know it's a big question. I just <laughs> all right. Let's see what Let's comes out. <laughs> Let's see what happens. <laughs> um. Yeah. I mean, I I was really I was really blessed to, to land in the community that I did. Um. I actually met the person who introduced me to the the community, who's my closest friend still today. Um. She. I met her at a music festival. So that's a good start. I mean, awesome. yeah, <laughs> music festivals can be really good. Um, it depends on which one you go to. But I think I think actively seeking out different kinds of communities and, you know, there's, there's different probably events going on in people's cities of, you know, yoga or maybe breath work or maybe meditation or maybe um, – bookstores that are focused on mm-hmm. I can't remember the word but maybe like transcendental no. yeah metaphysics Metaphys- yeah, yeah like a metaphysical bookstore sure. um maybe even just sweet little cafes that you go into and there's a good feeling in your body I'm a really big believer in as we repair this relationship with the body and this might take time and if you're not there you might be like I just don't know how I would even go about doing that but the more we get acquainted acquainted with what's going on down here we can usually feel okay with this group of people does that does this feel good does this feel an integrity and I'm not going to say that every spiritual community is going to be right and perfect, right? Sometimes there's a lot of bypassing you want to look out for. And sometimes there's a lot of projecting that is happening that you you don't want to get swept away in or be like, this is now my new ultimate truth. So really holding your solid ground and using your intuition to guide you for, for community development and just, uh, yeah, trial and error and exploring. And I think also working on, so apart from all the tangible things you can go and do to put yourself in front of people, right, and moving to the more relational aspect, it's how can I actually open my heart more to yeah. be received by people? Mm. How can I be more authentic? How can I be more true with what's really going on here and and what I want and who I am? And that's really the... Um, way in which we attract people who are meant to be in our corner because we're not no longer bringing to them this like masked filtered version of ourselves so we might normally present we're like here I am this is me this is everything and you can either be attracted to that or be repelled by that like a polarizing force because it is um, and trust in that process of filtration letting the right people come to you or continually be drawn in and know that if you're being in your truth, if you're being really expressive, if you're being vulnerable and open, 
then the people that step back and are repelled just aren't actually meant for you too. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, authenticity is a big one. And it's tricky because I think I used to think I was definitely a very authentic person. I wouldn't have thought otherwise, but I, I was authentic in all the ways it was convenient. I wasn't authentic with my depth, my emotions, my needs, my boundaries, right? In all those ways I held back. So I was like, yeah, I'm an authentic person. I can have fun. I can relate. I, you know, I care about people, but I didn't recognize all the little ways I was holding back my truth. And then therefore attracting a lot of people who just, it just wasn't, wasn't a fit. Mm -hmm. I remember when I was uh, still in like religion and it, this, this rings true of spiritual communities, (laughs) but I I would say (laughs) the best thing about church is that there were people there. The worst thing about church <laughs> is that there are people there. <laughs> yeah. And damn it, I'm one of them. That's true, though. Yeah. So no judgment, really. <laughs> I think something that could, that's coming up for me, actually, honestly, right now, that's coming up for if anybody wants to attract the, like a relationship or a community that is mutually beneficial and healing and uplifting and, you know, evolving and of course challenging because that's a part important part of it as well is to get really intentional and maybe even have like a sacred intentional ceremony for yourself. And I really, there's, you, you prompted me in this, in my mind at the beginning when you were talking about the, um, the rapid filling in the blank when you, you know, like the Mm -hmm. sentence starters and that's Mm -hmm. actually a journal technique. So if you, if you can't right now work with Janelle, you can be your own facilitator. And I think it's important, even if we do work with facilitators or practitioners to daily and continually be our own facilitator. So you can use that as a journal prompt. um, And, and then also just sit down and be with your heart and, and trust, like you said, the filtering system, trust the field of synchrony, trust yourself mm-hmm. and your the signal and the love that you bring to situations. And mm-hmm. uh, and then trust yourself if it is a if it is an error, <laughs> if it is a trial <laughs> that's going yeah. to end up to be an error and you can dismiss that and move forward. I think yeah. that's the best thing that we can do, right? It, it ends up we turns out we can't stop being people and using the people tools. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, gotta love them. Yeah. Yeah, I feel the same way. Um, I think that's that's absolutely right. I love the idea of having some a healing a healing ceremony and taking that time to be with yourself and getting clear. And I think in a in a sense too, because I'm sure a lot of people will say, "Yeah, but I just don't know if I can trust myself to attract the right kind of person, or that I'm going to do all the things that I need to do or walk away." Maybe if somebody is really unhealthy, and I think just being really gentle with your mind and what patterns you do notice. And then from there being proactive and it doesn't have to be an overnight journey and it won't, but if you can, yeah, just get really clear and and let's talk on a more relational front, knowing what you want in a relationship. If you're somebody who is looking for a, you know, committed monogamous relationship, then knowing that right at the beginning and being really honest and clear with that, Mm -hmm. not, hiding, not trying to play games, not trying to catch anyone or loop them in, talking about it, like something that um, my partner and I did right at the very beginning was having a conversation before there was any shared intimacy or really much depth. We were like, hey, this is what I'm looking for. Is this what you're looking for too? And it was aligned. So we moved forward, which is the most obvious, simple thing, yet it's not because we're so 
convoluted and, and, and we, we feel we need to attract people in all these certain ways and play these games and show up a certain and don't text back too much and all this like crafting <laughs> that we do to keep people hooked when in, in reality, we might not even be hooking the right person because we haven't taken that time to pre-qualify, right? Mm. So asking them inquisitive questions, like noticing how they talk to, you know, maybe waiters or people mm -hmm. around them. How do they talk about their past relationships? Like, do they say something and then do they actually live up to that word that they they do? And they're, they're going to be human. They're going to have their stuff. We all do. But just basic things that are really important for most people and you need to be established so that when moving forward, you can reinforce that sense of self-trust to go, okay, in the past, maybe I've ignored all these red flags. And now I know the basics of what I need to bring into this and do. And I'm going to really commit myself to that before I allow a deeper attachment to take place, right? Mm -hmm. So maybe asking really these important questions on the first or second date before anything else happens that you can really uh, take care of yourself in, in that way. Um, and that's just in a dating sense. There's a lot people can do in relationship too once you're actually in it. But I think just that initial um, navigating is important with trying to do it with more clarity and intention. Yeah. And, you know, when it comes to um, partnerships, life and romantic partnerships, it does feel like a battlefield because it's like, I mean, that's you know, fighting and fucking. Those are the most dangerous things we can do, right? <laughs> they're, they're like the most primal urges. And yep. so it's scary, but what would, but like, I love, I, I did the same thing when I was dating and even when I met my husband, who's my, now my husband, uh, yeah, I, I had first date questions and uh, questions and, and assertions because I'm not attached yet. And I know how uncomfortable and even painful it is to become attached and then go, oh no, I, I need to, un you know, go through the process of unattaching to this mm -hmm. imperfect match. You know, the oxytocin's already got its hooks in and, you know, uh, there's all mm -hmm. that. So yeah, yeah I, I remember this one date that I went on and he, we met briefly somewhere in a social situation. He asked me on a date and then he came to meet me at my apartment door to walk to coffee. It was going to be a real casual thing. We were like five feet from my door and I said, do you have any animals? <laughs> That's my, I'm an animal nut. <laughs> I have two, I have a cat and two birds. And he's like, oh, I don't, I don't really like, ugh, I don't like animals. And I was like, ooh, this is our last date. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, well, I said a joke, yeah. I didn't say it meanly. And he goes, well, I think I have a lot of other qualities that you might like. And I was like, yeah, I can tell you they're not going to match up to hating animals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, that's, I feel like that's a red flag. Let's all take that. <laughs> it's okay. Go live your life with another person who doesn't like animals. But yeah, you're going to have to fall in love with my cat. That's just how it is. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know, but I, I might also see that as a red flag, even yeah, without well, having animals. Right? Yeah, just well, maybe. Yeah, but he, I, I kind of get. I mean, I do. I'm an animal freak, and I get some people don't want to have animals in their home. But like, yeah, I also ask yeah. if they're allergic to cats because I'm gonna have a lot of cats. That's just how it is, and we just we might we may as well just take that a clue from the universe that we're not a match. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. My just, husband. It's yes, so much yes. easier when we do that. Yeah. He did. Okay. Yeah. yeah. He loved. He fell in love with my cat. Fell in love with my birds, and now we um have our you know it's been eighteen years, so all of those animals are dead, and we have brand new ones together. <laughs> but I did. I would ask. Um, I would ask the things. I guess you're not supposed to ask 
do you want to get married? You know, like I would ask those things. And I just, I don't want to even, because I do, I did want to be in a committed relationship. And so I just use the big scary M word and see how that worked. (laughs) Yeah. That's the safe time to do it. So wise. And I know you had mentioned that that was still very, very early on into your healing journey, but obviously you had done some work to be willing to be really open and direct and honest and comfortable knowing that if it's not a fit, he's going to walk away. And that's what we're really trying to protect ourselves from. If there's interest, it's like, well, I don't want to be all scary and overwhelming because what if they walk away? And it's like, okay, well, if they tell you that's not what they want, then that's a good thing. It just doesn't feel like it at the time. And if we kind of come full circle back to this emotional range, the more we build our relationship with certain more challenging emotions, the less we fear life because we can say, okay, I'm going to bring my heart and my needs and my desires to this person. And they're either going to meet me or they're not. And I know that if they don't, it's going to hurt a little bit, but I've, if you've developed enough of a relationship to go in and feel that grief or that sadness, that rejection, and you know that you can move into that space and handle it, then the whole scenario just becomes less overwhelming because you say, I know, I know how to navigate that one. I know I've got me in that situation. Right. And it's such a reinforcing thing. And that's true with everything, taking risks and starting a business or in your business or going up and talking to somebody that you just feel drawn to in a cafe or maybe working with a new mentor or in your dates, like everything. It's just how resilient we can be based on our relationship to our anger, our sadness, and then um, knowing that that will carry us through no matter what difficult things happen. Mm-hmm. With your, with you and your partner, um, you met at a, did you, wait, so no, you met someone else at a music festival. How did you meet? Mm-hmm. If you don't mind sharing. <laughs> yeah, we actually met in a sauna oh, cool. um, in Bali. Yeah. Yeah. We were just talking about different things and it turns out we had actually lived in the same city for he was there for 10 years I was there for five years and we have mutual friends and um, he even almost joined a men's circle where Mm. a bunch of my really close guy friends are in so there was lots of weird crossovers there back in in that city but meeting here on the other side of the world was pretty was pretty a funny way to to meet Wow, that's great how long have you been in a uh, committed and been together met or whatever since you've met yeah, we met we met four and a bit months ago, so it's still oh, it's okay. still pretty fresh. Yeah, but that's it's been because it was outside of dating uh, app life. You know what I mean? Because that's yeah. like I think it's like a pestilence on trying to find a partner. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I love that you met yeah. in the real world in some beautiful healing space like a sauna. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah, I love that it's recent because it's hopeful. You know. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. He's, he's just so wonderful and and amazing and also helped instill a lot of faith back into my heart. And, you know, just to, I wrap that thought up, even it's also recognizing that the changes in belief system of how we believe things like are in the world. And yeah, it's, it, it is, can be more challenging to meet people in today's day and age in person. Um, but knowing that's possible, like connecting to, okay, and that's possible. And maybe if you've had a history of dating people who weren't very healthy, holding out for trusting that there is someone that is healthy there for you. And the more we can really believe that and open that possibility, the more likely it actually becomes true. But if like I used to be walking around in the world 
with a really guarded heart and having some pretty strong belief systems about men, pretty judgmental, angry (laughs) ones. And so, of course, I couldn't see outside of that. Of course, the guys I was attracting were actually, you know, confirming that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, see, I do know what I'm talking about. They're the worst. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, through through mostly just actually just for many years, having a lot of really healthy guy friends in my life, I think that helped change and challenge some of those narratives. And then in meeting him, it was this really, um, yeah, just a big confirmation of of all of that. So Mm, I love it. The the, the yeah. uh, uh, phrase that's coming to mind is confirmation bias, and that's how sometimes mm-hmm. people go down rabbit holes of things that are different. They they start to well, first of all, like if you're looking on something on the internet and you're like, see, the lizard people or whatever, <laughs> it's because you've actually searched it in the algorithm, and the algorithm is going to give it to you. But it happens in mm-hmm. it happens in however we're seeking things, you know. So yeah. let's choose to have a positive confirmation bias you know what I mean like you're talking about it's possible it's available it can open my heart and the the more I open my heart the better it will be seen for what it really is and then he or she can find me you know whether it's for community friendship partnership I love that yeah yeah did you do dating apps I bring that up because I've had a couple of clients recently who are you know um in the path of attracting their beloved and they're just like the dating app is situation is just so unattractive so difficult i 18 years so there weren't dating apps when i was on the market so did you do dating apps did you have an issue with that i mean you could still use it as a divination tool i'm sure i just know that there's a lot (laughs) to it (laughs) yeah um i had tried on and off a little bit throughout i was actually doing a, a very a pretty solo path for about four and a half years, really focusing on my own work. And I, I wasn't closed off to a relationship throughout that time, but I was really devoted to, I'm not going to entertain anything less than what I want. So I was just really comfortable being on my own. Um, in little moments I had tried, but it really just left me feeling drained and feeling disconnected. And I, I again, I like to use my body as the yeah. the leader in my life. So I personally just didn't really just because of how they left me feeling. And that, again, it wasn't a a sole focus or priority for me in that moment. And uh, yes, something that um, my partner and I would say to each other when we were first kind of deciding that we were going to move forward and be together was just noticing how good we both felt in our bodies around each other and how we were like, Mm -hmm. oh, wow, I can really just like settle and relax. And it feels like very, very good in here. And that, you know, I think people can use as their indicators too, not to say dating apps aren't good. I think they provide a lot of possible value and, and everything. I would just then encourage you when you're actually meeting up with people in the real world to like do a tune into here and see like, how is this feeling with them? Yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's, that's everything. You're so right. Cause I do feel good in my body around my husband and whatever ways that I need to feel good, which could be completely neutral because, you know, we lived together for 18 years. So it's like, you also need to just feel like free or, you know, but I always feel good around him. I never want to avoid him. No, that's not true. That's that's not true. That's not possible, (laughs) right? No. Like if he's, if he's having (laughs) difficult time, of course, (laughs) he's a human, but for the most part, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, it's definitely not yeah. a, a daily occurrence. Uh, yeah. 
That's that's everything though. That is when I I said the the dating app could be used as a divination tool, but your most your truest divination tool is your body, is your nervous system and your somatic experience. Yeah. Uh, it it can't lie to you. Um, yeah. but we're taught yeah. to discon to, dis- to disown it, aren't we? We are yeah. conditioned to disown it. When yeah. you think about it, as we're kids, it's like we want to just be uh, you know, you're three years old, you don't want to put on pants and you just want to play in the yard with the things, but you have to put on the pants because you have to go to grandma's thing. So it's just like you have to, I mean, it's an unfortunate balance that we have to navigate, even if the parents were doing the absolute best thing or giving you a real experience of the world because children have no foresight, of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's the, where I guess we're, we've come full circle again to the reparenting, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, unless you, uh, you grow up and you can take zoom calls cause then you don't have to wear pants. But. <laughs> I'm barely wearing pants right now. So <laughs> I'm wearing a dress. So I'm not, all, I'm also not wearing pants. <laughs> yes. Yeah, great for the, for those who prefer pantslessness. That's <laughs> true. Healing your childhood wound of having to wear pants. <laughs> Join us. For a pantsless <laughs> Zoom session. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's good stuff. Well, okay. Mm-hmm. I want to know, I want you to be sure to tell everyone, like, what are the specific ways they can work with you right now? How, what are the invitations that are available that they can, um, you know, to engage with you? And also, how can they work with you passively? Do you have Instagram and do you put out media um, and whatnot? Let me know about all of that. Yeah, thank you. Um, so I do have Instagram, and right now that's where everything my writing is all held and some videos. However, I am also in the process of building out a podcast, so that will be available too, just to have a little bit more of a in-depth deep dive and wanting to get into providing tools and specific practices and helping people really apply all this stuff because I know it can be how do we how do we bring all of this into the the physical. Um And then I have a program and it's called Alchemy. And at the moment, I take people through it both one-to-one and in group. Um, My one-to-one is full, but you can join a waitlist if that feels like a more preferable way for you to work by just reaching out to me on Instagram. Um, There is a also just on my website, a link to book a call to chat more about it. Um, But I'm doing enrollment for a September cohort for a group program. And group program might sound scary or challenging and confronting and it's true and that's why it's really powerful because (laughs) you're being seen and and I mean whether it's one-to-one or group the whole practice is about being seen and witnessed by other people because that is where we do the actual the the actual work the integrative work it's not comfortable and it's not meant to be because we're meeting that edge and continually pushing and of course that's all done with your nervous system in mind and it's never meant to like put you into overdrive or or be too much so it's a really nice pace and um yeah that is it's for women um and the focus will be mostly on relationship patterns and then relationship to self as well and those are both done remotely they're uh online yeah. offerings yes okay. yeah okay. thanks for asking Mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of people would love to fly to Bali, though, to Bali. Why did I say Bali? Bali, to work with you. Do. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I want to have in-person retreats so bad. I feel like COVID just that whole thing. But, yes, it's time. It is. Well, it is. I don't know. I'm in Los Angeles, so we're probably about to get mask mandates again because it's spiking. But, mm-hmm. you know, we'll be through it at some point, I, I think, you know, not too long. 
So yeah. not to not to end on a bummer note, but okay, <laughs> great. <laughs> this has been just really a wonderful, inspiring conversation. And you really are uh on a on a compassionate warrior's path. And I think it's mm. beautiful. And I love that you are sharing that with the world, uh, with with Instagram, but you are also holding that space and creating containers so others can move through that healing as well. And we do it time and again, right? We do it time and again. So yeah, um, yeah I appreciate it. I appreciate you being vulnerable and I appreciate you sharing a space here so that any areas of shame and, and self-ridicule and crit- criticism, you know, we can, we can hold space and love ourselves through that. So thank yeah. you so much for coming on. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. And just uh, bringing forward your gifts and your message to the world as well. And I think platforms like this are just so necessary in healing because it does really remind us that we're not alone in our journeys and whatever we're going through and we're struggling, we're just, we're not alone and we're all so much more connected than we, we consciously know. So hopefully everyone can just leave feeling that. And um, yeah, it was so good to, to connect with you. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's been great. I love that Janelle's program is called Alchemy because that's truly what we are. We are alchemists because if you think about it, we are spirit becoming human and that is a process of alchemy. And we then are also human learning and collecting and experiencing and distilling and then ascending to spirit again. That is the process. That is the path of Christ consciousness. Of course, knowing that Christ consciousness doesn't have to do with Christianity or religion. It is a human experience. And this is what I endeavor for you to be connected with, the process of it. You know, we're never done while we're here. There's, there are these big up-leveling experiences, like the one that Janelle shared ones that I've had. And I don't know, for me, I think there was a huge threshold for me to co- to cross. And this happened in my earlier adulthood, not even that early because man alive, it was like a rough go all throughout the twenties and some of the thirties. The thirties were, even the beginning of the thirties were much better than the first two decades. But um, I didn't really cross a big, big threshold until I was like 39. So, uh, but there were little, it was like there were little thresholds along the way and then a big threshold. And then uh, still they, they are, you know, there's other, these other big uh, plateaus that I am mounting, but there's something about that one, which was 38, 39 for me, which was really profound. So I just want to encourage you wherever you feel you may be in, and it could be in a, one area of the life, I want you to know that you are an alchemist. You are by nature, by divine right of being here. You are alchemizing spirit into a human incarnated form. And you are also ascending that human form to spirit again. So do check out Janelle's offerings. Check out my offerings you'll find in the description as well. But most importantly, spend time with your beautiful heart. Spend time with it and let it know that it can open even wider. Talk to it. Tell it that 
you love your heart, that you love you, that you have your back and you trust yourself to be in different, new, exciting, challenging situations. And so that's what I have for you, reminding you once again to find me on Instagram and YouTube and to leave a review if you are led to leave a review of this podcast and share with others and to all, but most importantly, to uh, take deep care of yourself so that your light can shine more brightly because uh, we need you. I mean, maybe you're shining your light way super brightly. So I didn't mean to make that sound like <laughs> you're deficient. I just mean, we need you. We love you. I see you. I feel you. So thank you so, so much for being you. And thanks for tuning in. I love you, whoever you are. Oh,